Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life. Bibles, turn on your Bibles, your Impact Church apps if you haven't yet, and uh, all these scriptures will be on the screens as well today. I, I want to start by just saying that we have been in a message series for the last three weeks. Today is Sunday 3 called my firm foundation. And I don't know about you, but I love that song. I love that song because it speaks to not only my life, but I like that it speaks to my family and the generations to come. And, and, and so I want to dig in today in three of the gospels, somebody say gospel, gospel, three of the gospels. So if you're new to this God thing, the Bible, church, Jesus, the gospels are four books in the new Testament. The first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, say that out loud, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Those are the gospels because the word gospel means good news and it is about the good news of Jesus Christ. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, it talks about Jesus specifically, his birth, his life, his miracles, his death and his resurrection. In three of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we find the same teaching from Jesus to his disciples. And that teaching is called the parable of the sower. And in Luke chapter eight, verse 11, look at this verse for a minute. He says, the seed is the word of God. Let's say that verse out loud. The seed is the word of God. One more time. The seed is the word of God. And I want you to write that down just so you remember that, just so it really gets engraved into your head. The seed is the word of God. Now I told you this several weeks ago that God gave me a word for you in the middle of the night a couple weeks ago. And the word was that sometimes he gives us his word as a sword. And sometimes he gives us his word as a seed. And so the last couple of weeks I've been talking about the sword and it's been a little bit of an in your face type message. And I promise you that this Sunday I would preach on the seed. The thing I didn't realize it is still a really in your face message. And so today is the seed, but it's not a whole lot different from the sword, but either way, God speaks to you. God loves you enough to try to get his word inside of you. He loves you enough that no matter where you go in life, his word is always going to be popping up in front of you. He loves us that much. And so God's word refers to itself, the Bible as a seed. In fact, in the New Testament, there are 44 verses, 44 scriptures in the New Testament where the Greek word, and remember the New Testament was translated into English from Greek. So the original Greek translation of the New Testament, 44 scriptures use the word sperma as the word seed. Okay, sperma, S-P-E-R-M-A, 
is translated into English as seed. Now you probably already drew the connection, but this is where we get our English word sperm from. In other words, a seed contains life, but it remains dead until it's planted. Okay, a seed, it contains the life, but a seed is just a seed unless it's planted. Conception will not occur without a seed being planted. Okay, what I'm saying is this, is that God is trying to offer you his word. But if you don't allow his word to be planted into the depths of your heart, it will not give you life. And so the seed is the word of God and he wants to plant it into your heart. So I want to read as we begin the parable of the sower from the gospel of Mark in chapter four, starting in verse 14. It says this, these are the words of Jesus. The farmer I talked about is anyone who brings God's message to others, trying to plant good seed within their lives. The hard pathway where some of the seed fell, it represents the hard hearts of some of those who hear God's message. Satan comes at once to try to make them forget it. Verse 16, the rocky soil represents the hearts of those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't grow very deep. They don't go very deep. And though at first they get along fine, as soon as persecution begins, they wilt. Verse 18, the thorny ground represents the hearts of the people who listen to the good news and they receive it. But all too quickly, the attractions of this world, the delights of wealth, the search for success and the lure of nice things. They come in and they crowd out God's message from their hearts so that no crop is produced. Verse 20. But the good soil, good soil represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message and they produce a plentiful harvest for God, 36 or even 100 times as much as was planted in their hearts. So Jesus in this parable is specifically talking about the seed and the soil. He's talking about the seed and the soil. He says, the seed is my word. It's the Bible. That's the seed. And the four different types of soil represent the human heart. The soil represents our heart. And so I want to start by reading Proverbs 4.23 to you that you've probably heard me preach on this verse before, but it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Let's read it out loud together. Here we go. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So today I've titled my message, guard your heart, because I think the heart is the most important, the most important factor in your life and in your spiritual growth. Okay. Look at somebody and tell them, guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart above all else, guard your heart heart. Your heart is the soil. It's the soil. And you have to protect that soil, that heart at all costs. Because as King Solomon just said in Proverbs, he said, where your heart goes, that's where your life goes. So I want to look for a minute at the four different types of soil that Jesus 
outlined for us. Soil number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. He talks about the heart or the soil that is hard. The heart that is hard. Okay, look at verse 15 with me again. He says, the hard pathway where some of the seed fell, it represents the hard hearts of some of those who hear God's message and then Satan comes at once to try to make them forget it. Okay, listen, Impact Church, this is absolutely critical that we understand how this works. Because for some of you today, some of you, God's word, his seed, it doesn't take root because your hearts have grown hard. For some people, it doesn't take root because my heart is hardened. It is callous. It has become cold. It's not that the seed's not planted. It's not that God's not trying to plant his word into your heart. I just don't want to hear it. I just don't want to listen to it. I just don't want to feel it. I don't want to face it. And maybe it's not all of the word. Maybe it's some of the word, right? I mean, I agree with most of the word, but that part, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to turn my ears off. My heart, it becomes hardened. Now, now look what this says in Matthew, because this is exactly the word in Matthew that he uses. He uses the word calloused. Calloused. Same scripture, same parable of the sower in Matthew 13, verse 15. He says, for this people's heart has become what? Calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed eyes. Otherwise they might be able to see with their eyes, hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. So look at the phrase right here. Their hearts have what? Become calloused, right? Their hearts have become calloused. In other words, no heart starts out calloused. No heart starts out hard. A hard heart grows hard over time. It becomes calloused over time. Does anybody in here play the guitar? Raise your hand. You play the guitar. I mean, even if you're not great, you've played the guitar. A little bit, five of you. Anybody ever seen a guitar? You know what one looks like, right? So, so, so I play a little guitar. C- come here real quick, Xavier. And, and I got my man, Xavier. Everybody needs a Xavier. He is the heartbeat of this church, okay? And so I got Amelia's guitar because BJ's was too anointed to play. And so when I, when I start, is this on? Okay, I don't know if it should be on. We might should turn it off. When I started playing the guitar, right, what happens is, you have a pick? Because my, my hands don't have calluses on them. See, what happens is, when you, it's okay, Zav, I don't need a pick. Did you find a pick? That's what I'm saying. Everybody needs a Zavier. So I'm going to play some Metallica and then... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to play Metallica, but I could, but I'm not going to. But this is the thing. It's like when, when you start playing the guitar, right? You start playing it. This hurts. This really hurts badly because I have not developed calluses on the end of my fingers, right? So 
How many have ever seen a guitar? Now you have now, right? So, so this is how it goes. You start playing and you start tinkering around and you start going, man, this really hurts my fingers. And then you keep playing and then you keep playing and you can put your phones away because I'm not going to play anymore. I, I just wanted to do a simple illustration. And then Xavier, you got, let's give my man a round of applause because he's great. And you keep playing. And, and, and you probably can't see this right now because I don't know if our camera would even be able to zoom in close enough. But all I did was play about five guitar chords and I have these massive gashes right now in my fingers. These big dent marks in my fingers because I haven't played the guitar in about 15 years. And so since I haven't played the guitar, the calluses have gone away. But calluses develop over time. It's not just an instant boom, I got a hard heart. Boom, I got a callous heart. It grows callous over time. And there's a lot of different reasons a heart becomes hard. But I just want to mention two. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Why does your heart become hard? Okay, one reason is because of pain, right? Hardships, pain. Has anybody figured out yet that life is really hard? Like, even when things are going good for me, there's always something going bad for me. Like, life is always hard. And over time, the hardships of life, they can harden my heart. See, we've all been given, and and, and this it's God-given self-defense mechanism. We all have it put in us. God gave it to us that when I go through pain... I go into a self-protect mode, right? I go into self-protection. It's this defense mechanism. I've been hurt. I've been abused. I've been betrayed. I've been taken advantage of. I've been lied to. I've discouraged. My heart is broken. And so I go into self-protection mode because guess what? I don't like that. And I don't want it to happen again. So I withdraw right? I can become untrusting. I can become jaded in my mind. And here's the problem impact church family is that if we are not careful, the very defense mechanism that God put inside of you to protect you can also destroy you. It can also destroy you. I start to see everything through my pain. I start to see everything through my past situations. I'm in a new relationship now, but I can't see her because all I can see is her. I can't see him because all I can see is him. I can't see my husband for what he really is because all I can see is my father. And there's some pain there and there's some hurt there. And if we're not careful, our hearts become hardened. They become calloused and they become cold and see an a resentful heart is a hard heart an unforgiving heart is a hard heart an unrepentive heart is a hard heart and so the second thing that makes a heart grow hard i told you i'm just giving you two is sin sin makes your heart grow hard Okay, sin. Listen, the more we act out on a specific sin, the more calloused we become to that sin. Some of you, you gossip about everybody and it does not bother you. 
because you've done it so much that you've become hard to destroying somebody else's life verbally. And and so the more we sin, the more callous we become to that sin. Listen, what used to seem dangerous and scary and crazy and frightening has now become no big deal. In fact, it's not just that it's no big deal. It's now the new normal in my life. I don't remember it. Listen, does anybody remember the first time they like really did something really bad that they shouldn't have done? Like you knew it, but it's the first time you did something really, really bad. Does anybody remember that time? Raise your hand. You did something really, really bad. Yeah. What was yours? What do you say? Took 20 bucks from your mom's purse. Right. And so listen, I remember, I remember smoking weed for the very first time. I do. It was last Friday. I'm just kidding. But I do remember smoking weed for the first time. I'm sad to say that I think I was 13. Okay. I remember before that moment being terrified of it. Mama told me that's not a good idea. Mama told me you come from a long line of drug addicts and people who have died and alcoholics. This is in our family. This is not a good idea. Now, I know some of you, you smoke weed and all that stuff now, and it's different. Listen, it's been legalized. I'm not here to debate with you whether you should or shouldn't today. What I'm telling you as a 13-year-old back in the 80s, that was not okay, right? And I remember thinking like, man, I'll never do that. I will never do that. I had a fear for it. And you know what happened? My closest friends started doing it. And I always tell my kids this concept. Listen, you're never going to walk down the street, see a homeless person that's all strung out on drugs. And you're going to go, dude, I want to try drugs. Doesn't work like that. Because the Bible says that the angel... He appears, he masquerades himself like an angel of light so that it looks like light, but it's actually dark. It looks like heaven, but it's actually hell. And what does he do? He uses the closest people to you to get you to take one small step off the ledge. And then you take one small step off the ledge and it didn't seem like it was that big of a deal. In fact, it actually kind of felt good. In fact, what is everybody talking about? This is not that big of a deal. And then eventually he's got you hooked. And so sin, it can turn your heart hard. Because the more I do it, the more hard my heart becomes. I try to make the world fit into the word instead of my world fit into God's word. Right? I, I, I t- over time, I even become desensitized. Even worse, I'm deceived. And I don't know that I'm deceived. Has anybody ever figured this out? Deceived people don't know they're deceived. That's kind of the whole point, right? It's kind of the whole point. I had no idea I was deceived. And so Matthew in chapter 24, Jesus, he talks about the end of all days, the end days, the end times. His disciples go, Jesus, how do we know? How does humanity know when the end is near? And Jesus said, I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you how you know it's the beginning of the end. 
Here's how you know it's the beginning of the end. And in Matthew 24, he outlines some things. He said there's going to be wars. There's going to be rumors of wars. There's going to be false prophets, false teachers, antichrists. There will be nations that rise against nation. There will be famines. There will be earthquakes. People are going to turn on you because of me. People are going to hate you because of Jesus. People will turn from their faith and they will betray one another and they will hate one another. And then he goes and he says this, listen to this. This is powerful. In verse 12 of Matthew 24, he says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Okay. What is he saying? He is saying Because of the increase in wickedness, our hearts grow hard. They grow hard. They grow calloused. The apostle Paul, he warned us of this very same thing in Ephesians chapter four. And it's quite a few verses, but I think it's important that we read this. He said this, this is to the church in Ephesus. This could be literally to the church in the United States of America. Same thing. He says, so I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Who are the Gentiles? The non-believers, the unbelievers. Don't live like them anymore in the futility of their thinking. They're darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity They've lost all sensitivity and they've given themselves, listen to this, over to the sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they're full of greed. I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like the world we live in right now. Then in verse 20, he says, that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Say that phrase out loud, put off your old self, but say it in first person, myself, put off myself, put off myself, put off yourself which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. If you haven't been here the last two Sundays, I've talked about desires. And he says to be made in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the first thing Jesus talks about is the hard soil. Okay. The second thing, the second soil heart that Jesus talks about is the heart that is rocky. He's got a hard heart, but some people have a rocky heart. What in the world does that mean? What's the difference? Well, he tells us in verses 16 and 17, he says the rocky soil represents, look at it, the hearts of those who hear the message with joy, but like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go down very deep. And though at first they get along fine, As soon as persecution begins, they wilt. Okay, I want you to look at this for a minute. Look at it, verse 17, because he gives us a key phrase. Verse 17, he gives us two words that describe the rocky soil. Two words right here in verse 17. He says, young plants. Young plants. But like young plants, their roots don't go down very deep. 
young plants. Okay, so five of you have played a guitar. How many have ever planted a plant? Let me see your hands. You've planted a bush, a tree, something. Okay, baby plants. I cannot tell you how many baby plants I have planted that did not make it. Baby plants. That's like, oh, beautiful job. I planted it just like I should have planted it. And it didn't last. Baby plants in Arizona, depending on when you plant them, right now is not a great time to plant a baby plant. It's, by the way, it's going to be 114 degrees today. Not a good day to plant. It's a good day to go to church, though, and get God's word planted into your hearts. But listen, 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 because this is what he's saying. This is actually what he's saying. He's saying that the rocky soil, God bless you. You need a COVID test? We have some. No, you're good. It's allergies. It's been allergies for me and I've had COVID twice, but it was, I told everybody it was allergies. It's allergies. Because this is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Listen, this is, you're laughing because you've done the same exact thing. This is what he's saying. He's saying the rocky soil, it represents the heart that has no spiritual depth. Okay. But like young plants, see many of you today, you're here and you're newly saved. You're a brand new baby Christian. In fact, I'd like to know by the raising of your hands, how many of you have become a Christian in the last 12 months? Raise your hand, 12 months. Come on, put them up. It's quite a few. Let's give them a round of applause. 12 months, great, great. I want to say, first and foremost, congratulations and welcome to the family of God and the kingdom of God. And we are proud of you. And we are here with you, marching with you. Okay, I want to say, keep going, keep marching, keep growing, keep learning, keep praying, keep studying, and stay plugged in. Let those roots grow down deep into God's word, into God's spirit. Okay, but there's also another type of baby Christian sitting in this room today. There's another type of baby Christian and that type of baby Christian is you've been saved for years, maybe decades, but you've not grown up spiritually. Your roots aren't deep. In other words, some of y'all are growing older, but you're not growing up. Not spiritually. You're like, man, I sit in this same seat every week. This is my church. Yeah, but you don't know the word. You don't know this. You don't read the word every day. You don't pray every, I believe in the word. I just don't read it. I believe in the power of prayer. I just don't really pray that much. I believe in the power of church and community, but I go to church once a month, which equates to 12 times a year. I told you it was a little bit sordish today, but this is what he's saying is he's saying, if your roots aren't deep, let, let me give you a scenario. You, you, you're going to experience a storm in life. I, I wish I could prophesy that every single one of us will never go through a storm. I wish, but that's just not reality. You're going to go through a storm. I'm going to go, th- I'm going through a storm. Okay. We all go through storms. He, 
Here's how you know if your roots are deep. When all hell breaks loose, what do you do? What do you do? Because when a storm comes and you have a big oak tree and the winds come and the rains come, what they do is they dig their roots deeper. When all hell breaks loose, what do you do? Because I can tell you for myself, when all hell breaks loose, those roots start digging in harder and deeper and harder and deeper. And I start praying like I've never prayed before. And I start reading and studying scripture like I've never studied before. My roots start digging. But for some of you, your roots aren't deep enough. And the storms come and you turn to the world instead of the word. And you turn to alcohol and you turn to drugs and you turn to relationship. You just got out of a bad relationship. Let's fix that with another bad relationship. So he's talking about those with the roots that aren't deeply rooted. See, some people are always taking, but they're never giving. Yo, this might be next week's sermon. Instead of feeding others, you always need to be fed. Some people are Dead Sea Christians. I'm about to go there right now. I don't know why you guys keep coming back. This, I put myself out where you are. This just seems painful. Dead Sea Christians. You know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? <laughs> Because nothing lives in it. It's the Dead Sea because, yes, the salt, the salinity of the Dead Sea. Do you know what the salinity level is? 34% salt. You know what the Pacific Ocean is? 3%. Have you ever got out of the ocean you had salt in your ears for like a month? Imagine 34, imagine 10 times that amount. So that's why when people go to the Dead Sea, they can get in the Dead Sea and they can just float without trying because of the salinity level is so high. Listen, the reason the Dead Sea is the Dead Sea is because there's no outflow. There's only an inflow. The Jordan River flows into it, but nothing flows out of it. That's some of y'all today. You're dead See, Christians, because there's a river flowing into your life, there's just no rivers flowing out of your life. You're, you're a taker, not a giver. You've never led anybody to the Lord. You've never, hey, would you like to come to church with me? God forbid. You jump off that ledge. PT might yell at him for 40 minutes or 50 or 60 Look at this verse with me in Colossians 2, 7. It says this, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. The secret that I have learned in my own life is that the deepest roots always survive the darkest storms. Let's look at number three, because I'm out of time and I have two more points. Then I have points within the points. BJ, 
It's his fault. The third type of soil that Jesus mentions is the heart full of weeds, not weed. It's like a THC Sunday. Heart full of weeds. And, and I think most of us fall into this category. Most of us do, not all of us. Most of us fall into this category, heart full of weeds. Okay, let's look what he says. Jesus said, the thorny ground represents the hearts of people who listen to the good news and receive it. But all too quickly, the attractions of this world, the delights of wealth, the search for success and the lure of nice things, they come in and they crowd out God's message from their hearts so that no crop is produced. Okay, this is, this is good stuff. This is why I refer to Jesus as the sermonator because he is, listen, if I could preach half as good, this is good stuff. The thorny ground is the heart full of weeds. The heart full of weeds. Okay. In verse 24 and 20, uh, through 26 in Matthew, same, same story, same parable. Parable of the sower, same passage. Jesus told them another parable and he said, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came in and sowed weeds among them, among the wheat, and then he went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed the heads, the weeds also appeared. Look at somebody real quick and tell them, don't get caught sleeping. Will you tell them, don't get caught sleeping? Don't get caught sleeping. It says, while everyone was sleeping. That's what it says. While everyone was sleeping, the enemy came in and sowed weeds. I wasn't watching. I wasn't paying attention. And weeds started growing. Now, he mentions four types of weeds. He says, the attractions of this world. That's weed number one. The attractions of this world, the world is definitely attractive. There are things this world offers that they attract me, but they're not good for me. The attraction, he says, the second weed, the delights of wealth. Third weed, the search for success. Fourth weed, the lure of nice things. Look look what he says, but all too quickly. The attractions of this world, the delights of wealth, the search of snacks, the lure of nice things. They come in and what, what do they do? They crowd out God's message from their heart so that no crop is produced, but all too quickly. Have you ever noticed that weeds grow faster than the actual plant? All too quickly. Man, that is good Jesus type teaching right there. But all too quickly. Because I have experienced the speed of a weed. I have experienced. See, weeds, they steal the resources that the plant needs to grow healthy and to stay healthy. Weeds, they steal the sunlight and the water and the nutrients. Have you ever went outside and all of a sudden there's a weed that's bigger than your actual plant? I have. 
And I thought that was not there yesterday. Arizona weeds ain't playing. They are like three feet in a four hour period of time. You're like, how is that even possible? Seemed like it grew overnight. The weed grows faster than the plant. Guess what? Weeds grow faster in your life too. You have to pay attention to your soil. That's why it's critical to guard your heart. Protect this soil. Protect this heart. Cultivate this soil. Make sure if there are weeds in the soil of my heart, I need to grab those weeds by the root and I need to pull that weed out, not just cut it off at the ground. I need to pull that root out so that I can grow spiritually healthy. What are the weeds in your life? Because I got news for you. Everybody's got them. What are the weeds that have crept into your life while you weren't looking, while you were sleeping? What are the weeds that are stealing and starving out your spiritual life? See, the devil's sneaky. We know this. I've been talking about this. He comes in when we aren't paying attention. Remember John 10, 10, it says the thief, the thief, the devil, the enemy, the thief, Satan, the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. That's his mission. He is trying to steal. He is trying to steal your life, your purpose, your joy, the calling on your life, your peace, your sanity, your marriage, your child. The devil is trying everything he can to steal, to kill, to destroy. That's bad news. But the good news is in the same verse, Jesus said, but I have come that they might have life and have life to its fullest life to the full. Listen, it's not that I don't Love God because I do. It's not that you don't love God, you do. Let me tell you something. You wouldn't be here if you didn't love God. You know who Jesus was talking to when he said this originally? His disciples. The disciples. He wasn't talking to heathens. He wasn't talking to atheists or agnostics. He was talking to his followers. And he's saying, look, there are four types of hearts that are here right now in impact. There are four types of hearts that are here right now. It's not that I don't love God. Man, I love God. It's just that the attractions of this world and the delights for wealth and the search for success and the lure of all these nice things. It's not that I just kicked God out of my life. I would never do that. It's just that everything else crowded him out of my life. Instead of God being number one in first place in my life, God just has a place in my life. Instead of God being every part of my life, he, he's a part of my life. I'm telling you, Jesus is crushing this thing. He's saying, You've got to make sure the weeds in your life are gone so that it doesn't crowd God out of your life. Another translation says it comes in and it chokes out the word of God. Let's look at number four, the fourth soil, the fourth heart. 
is the heart that is fruitful. He says in verse 20 of Matthew 4, he says, but the good soil represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message and produce a plentiful harvest for God, 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as was planted in their hearts. See, the bottom line is this, is that healthy roots produce healthy fruits. The bottom line is that no matter how good the seed is, the growth is dependent on the health of the soil that it's planted in. Do you have a heart to grow? Do you have a heart, an open heart, to allow God in? Do you have a hungry heart? Because Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Do you have a heart? Do you have a heart to say, you know what? I identified these weeds. I'm not going to ignore them. I'm not going to justify them. I'm not going to make up excuses for them. I'm not going to try to reason away what the scripture says about these particular topics. I've got the heart to say, I got to get these weeds out of my life. I got to pull some weeds. I want you to just close your eyes with me for a minute where you are. And I want to read to you two scriptures. One's from Psalm 51 and one's from Ezekiel 26. David, Psalm 51, 10, had blown it. David had failed. He was a great leader, a great man of God. But David failed. He committed adultery. And not only did he commit adultery, but he had the other woman's husband put on the front lines and killed. Remember, David was the king. He could do whatever he wanted. He had blown it. He had failed. Listen, every one of us has blown it. We've failed. The question is, is what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What's your next move? Are you going to let the world blow you around because of your failure? Are you going to let the wind and the storms and the rain just uproot you and blow around like a tumbleweed? Or are you going to dig your roots deep into the heart of God, spirit of God, the word of God? And that's what David did. He had a repentive heart. David had a repentive heart. And in Psalm 51.10, he says, it's his prayer. He says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart. Another translation says, create in me a clean heart, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. You see, the good news today is that no matter what your heart looked like when you walked into this place, Your heart can be clean when you walk out. Your heart can be made pure when you walk out. And in Ezekiel 26, 36, the Bible says, these are the words of God, and I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take away, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. For a minute, I want everybody to open their eyes and look back at me again. Do you know 
what the greatest seed that's ever been sown in the history of humanity is? Anybody know? Jesus Christ. He's the greatest seed. I want to read to you this last verse from John 12, 24. These are the words of Jesus. Look what he says. John 12, 24. Verily, truly, very truly, I say unto you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You know what Jesus is talking about right here? He's telling his disciples, I am the seed of eternal life and I'm about to die for you so that you can live. I'm about to die and give up my life so that you can have eternal life. Would you stand to your feet with me, Impact Church, and close your eyes and I want to close us in prayer. I want you just to close your eyes for a minute. We do that, close your eyes for a minute. And I agree wholeheartedly with BJ. This is holy ground because God's presence is holy. God's presence is holy and we stand in his presence today. We stand on holy ground, God. If you're here today and you've never taken a step to give your life to Jesus Christ, you're not a Christian. I want to tell you that today I have been praying for you. That you, my whole team and I prayed that today you would surrender your life and find the joy and the love of Jesus Christ. And you can become a Christian today by simply praying yourself. You pray. Say, Jesus, today I give you my life. Thank you for giving me yours. I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for grace and mercy and forgiveness of my sins. God, thank you for the cross that you paid the ultimate price. Thank you that that seed was planted. God, we are seeds. Our lives are seeds. And today, God, we want this seed to die so that you will live. God, that we die to our flesh, that we die to our own worldly, earthly desires, our own greed, our own lust, our own addictions, our own anger, our own attitudes. God, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the resentfulness. God, we die to it today so that the spirit of the living God can live within us. Father, thank you for our Impact Church family today. Thank you for sowing this seed into our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say, amen, amen. Well, thank you guys for coming today. God bless you. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to connect and celebrate with you. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.